It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, and today we are with Amy Renee. So, pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? I'm super. You're super. That's good. All right. So, (laughs) just a little bit about Amy is that she started getting into real estate about almost 10 years ago where she moved to the country and tried to find the least bad house, the the house that didn't suck so much. And she purchased that and later made made some good money on it. So she was really hooked and started to focus uh, as getting her real estate license. So she's done a few house hacks, guys. And this is really what we're going to learn. This is what we're going to dive into. Amy, take us back to 2010 and tell us what was going on when you bought your first investment. Well, I had just graduated from college and I kind of had a real job, but not really. And I had a whole bunch of student debt and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And I was pregnant with my first child, which was not planned. And I was living in Uptown paying way too much in rent. And I decided that if I was going to be a mom, I probably should not live in a swanky Uptown apartment. So started looking for houses, burned through a couple of real estate agents, had a terrible experience. Like a, like you said, I bought the house that sucked the least. I think I was qualified for like 110000 and I found a house for 114. I was doing a little bit of creative financing because the birth of my child was about to cost like $4,000 and our president at the time was willing to pay me $8,000 if I bought a house. So... <laughs> I bought a foreclosed house, did a 203K, amended my prior year's tax return so I could get my 8000 bucks quick and paid for the birth of my child by buying a house. It's the yeah. first time anyone's ever brought that up on the podcast, so thank you. Yeah, it was sort of like a lucky, I guess, alignment of stars, but I had to live there for three years, so while I was living there, did the floors, painted horrible paint. Like I painted it orange because I thought that was cute. Did a really cheesy kitchen update, you know, painted countertops, stick down tile, new to me appliances. I did a pretty nice bathroom and that's about it. And I sold it and got, looking back, not a huge profit, but (laughs) the most money I'd ever seen in one spot. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, it was really really cool. really cool. All right. So you've done a few house hacks and the first one was an accident. What does that mean? The first one was an accident. Well, I mean, I didn't have television or anything, so I didn't know about HGTV. I was a nutritionist, so real estate was not even anything on my radar. I didn't know people were doing this thing. It just kind of felt like very natural to like be in an ugly house and make it cuter because I don't really want to live in the in the grandma house. I'm pretty sure someone died in that house. So, okay. Yeah. Did you have anyone paying you rent in like another one of the no. bedrooms? Okay. No. Okay. So it's in instead of maybe more like a live-in called a house hack. <laughs> it was it was more like yeah a burr strategy or something where you where you were well I guess that doesn't no it's like a live it was like a live-in live. flip. I thought about renting like it that. yeah before I sold it, but again I didn't know anything about that before. I I actually talked to a real estate agent and she was like yeah you could get like eleven hundred in rent for this and I'm like cool my mortgage is like eight hundred and then I talked to my dad and he was like your furnace is old (laughs) and that house is far away. So if anything happens, who's going to fix it? So I ended up selling it, which 
again, looking back now, it's like, man, that house is worth a pile more. I could have made a bunch of money mm. if I kept it. But it ended up being kind of the, the thing that got the ball rolling because after I sold that house and I got that big check for like $13,000, I was like, cool, let's do this again. And started looking for more houses and these real estate agents who would let me in were just so dumb. <laughs> It's okay. and, and so rude and like telling me I shouldn't buy this house and I shouldn't do this. And that's actually why I went ahead and got my real estate license. So. All right. So let's go from, let's go from there. So you bought, you got your real estate license in 2013. Uh, four, 14, 2014, right in the spring. And I was just planning on buying a house myself and not having to deal with real estate agents, but that sort of backfired in a good way because when you get your real estate license, you actually have to deal with more real estate agents than you do when you just are trying to buy a house. And I ended up having a bunch of people just kind of call me up and say, like it worked out. I had a family member and a friend who wanted to buy and sell right away. And then other people just started calling and I did find a house for myself to buy. So I ended up selling a whole bunch of houses and getting into my next property that first year in 2014. Okay. Do you recommend to the listener who's, who's making their journey into real estate, should they get their license? I think it depends on what you're trying to do. I actually have this conversation with people a lot now because I'm a broker and we teach, like we're doing these events. So I've been meeting a lot of people in the community and a lot of people will come up and say, Hey, I'm, I want to flip a house. Should I get my license so I can save, you know, whatever percent on the back end. And I think if that's your goal, you're just trying to save a little bit of money. You don't actually want to help people buy and sell houses. You probably shouldn't get your real estate license because you have to maintain it and continuing ed and like all that kind of stuff. And someone who actually helps people buy and sell houses is going to be much better at getting your house sold quickly and maybe even getting you multiple offers and doing a better job of marketing. So if you wanted to help people buy and sell houses so that you have money to put down on your own investments, then I think getting your real estate license is a good plan. If you just are trying to save some money on your resale, I don't think it's a great plan for you. Okay. Got it. Got it. Well, talk to us a little bit about the events that you were mentioning that you host some events now. Yeah, we just got into this this year. We've done three of them now, but we're going to do monthly events this entire year. I had an epiphany Actually, it was a, almost exactly a year ago. It was like February. And I don't know if you have kids or not, but when you do, you use them as an excuse not to do things, <laughs> go places or whatever, because there's always dinner and bath and bed and all that. So I was feeling like a little bit cooped up and stuck in the house in the winter. And my son had this airplane that was playing the more we get together, the happier we'll be over and over and over and over. And I just had this like light bulb moment, like, oh. <gasps> the more we get together, the happier we'll be. <laughs> and so I set a goal for myself that year to say yes to three events that I would normally say no to every month. So every month I met like one work-related person that I would normally say no to, one non-work-related person that I would usually reschedule a whole bunch of times, and then one sort of networking type thing. And what I found over the year was that First of all, three in a month was really hard at the beginning, but by the end I was doing like three in a week and I loved meeting all these new people and hearing their stories and seeing what they were doing. So then I decided as a marketing strategy for our brokerage to 
host events so we can get out and meet the people who we sell houses to, meet the people who follow us on the internet and see what they actually need and how we can better serve them. So we did our first one in December. It was contractor roundup. So we brought contractors and homeowners together and we had a conversation about like how that whole thing should work and how to not get screwed and best practices and how do you find someone. And then last month we did an investing, uh, excuse me, investing seminar. So like real estate investing for beginners at a project that I had. I was just wrapping up a townhouse flip that's a rental. Burr, right? It's going to be a burr. We'll tell you about that. And next month we're doing first time home buyers. So it's been really, really fun. That's cool. That's really cool. So how do you know that these are your target clients? Is it like, where are you finding them? <laughs> I don't know that they are, but I think they are. We post our events on social media. We are very, I would say very active on social media, just kind of from like a documentary perspective where it's like, hey, here's what we're doing. So we always show our projects we have going on. We talk about how to fix stuff. We show weird things that we see in houses, that kind of stuff. So most of the people I think are coming just because they follow us on social media, but it's usually about half people I already know and half people I've never met before. So it's really, really fun. Do you think other real estate professionals should be active on social media? I would not have ever sold a house if I did not post to social media on the daily. Yeah. Like all as, as an agent, my first year, it was probably somewhere in the 50 to 75% of my deals came from Facebook, not like paid Facebook, just like sort of sphere of influence Facebook. Wow. And by the third year, a hundred percent of my deals do. So now like if I'm selling houses, I don't do any kind of prospecting at all. People just call me up or shoot me a message on social media because they know that I'm working because I'm posting it out there. So yeah, you need social. Well, what advice would you have if, if somebody wanted to do what you're doing, but they're not sure how comfortable they feel about being on social media, what advice get would you have it. for get over it? Get, get over it. Yeah. Like, you know, people are like, oh, what if somebody thinks it's dumb that I post this? Or what if you know, they don't like what I'm saying or what if I say something wrong? It's like, who cares, first of all? But second of all, like it's only going to be in somebody's feed for like five minutes and then you're going to be way down, you know? So you just have to do it because if you're in there consistently, you're going to get better at it and people are going to realize that this is what you're doing and you have an opinion and like something going on between your ears and they're really going to be interested in what you have going on. Because I mean, I meet people who I'm friends with on Facebook, like out and about, you know, going to the gym or just wherever you bump into people and they always know exactly what I'm up to. And they're always like, Oh, it's so cool that you did that and whatever. So you just have to tell people what you're doing all the time because they can't know to call you or send their friends to you or whatever, if you're not doing that. And it feels so much less pushy than like the cold calling that real estate agents are normally told to do. It's just, it just, it feels very natural to do it. So if you're afraid, just suck it up. <laughs> That sounds like awesome advice. Thank you for going into that and telling us what it's done for you. So we're going to go into the final five. And okay. I'm really excited because we're going to get into your most creative deal that you've ever done. And we're going to learn something from you right now. So we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors. And we'll be right back with the final five. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. And I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind 
uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, so that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. Miss Amy, what is the yeah. most creative deal you've ever done? Well, I guess I would say it's the one that I'm just wrapping up now. So I bought a townhouse in 2016 as a rental. This was my first like official investment that I didn't live in. And I fixed it up before I put a tenant in and I DIY the whole thing because I at that point wanted to know how much stuff actually costs so that when I'm hiring contractors, I know if they're pulling one over on me and how long things should take. So I bought that one. It's a twin home. So there's two houses side by side. And during the process, I made friends with a neighbor who was 92 probably at the time. He's delightful, super cute. He thought it was so amazing that I was just this little girl with, I had a six month old baby on my back for most of that project and he loved watching it. So he always told me, you know, when I die, I want you to sell my house or I want you to buy my house. And I was like, oh, that's sad, you know, that's sad, but like, all right, you call me. So we kind of kept in touch over the years because I was over there as I put tenants in. And last year we started talking because his kids wanted him to go to assisted living. So he was like, yeah, I want you to buy my house when I go to assisted living, but I don't really want to go to assisted living. And it was a lot of back and forth. So I said, well, how about I just buy your house and you rent from me? We'll put you on month to month. You can go as long as you want. You can move out whenever you want. Just give me 30 days notice. So we did that. I went to buy his house. We learned a whole bunch of weird stuff during the time because he bought, he's the original owner of this 1974 townhouse and he bought it with a land lease that had a one-year buyout option in 1974. So he's been paying this, which he didn't buy out of. He's been paying this land lease company like 160 bucks a month since 1974 and paying property taxes and maintaining the property and paying an HOA. And then when he went to sell it, they also required 20% of the proceeds at closing. So he had like a really bad deal. And they were actually kind of a yucky company because they came after me and they were like, you're buying this for less than market value. So you also have to pay us 20%. Anyways, we had to work through that. I sent them a bunch of photos of the property and I explained I'm getting it for less than market value because the thing is a 1974 <laughs> original and I would have to do a whole lot of updating just to get that market value. We made it through. We closed on the deal in May. He rented from me, talked about moving out in October, but then decided he didn't want to do that. Then it got cold and snowy and finally it was kind of time for him to move out. So I got notice in late December, kind of like Christmas time, that he was actually going to move out on the 31st. And I took the house over on the first or the second of January, gutted the whole thing. We have a whole bunch of videos on Facebook if you want to see the before and after and the whole project. So just yeah. check us out over there. Where do people find it exactly? Freaking Bannister. So I think it's facebook.com slash realtoring is our okay. handle. But if you just type brick and banister real estate, you'll find us. R-E-A-L-T-O-R-I-N-G. Um, yep. Okay. Real I, just put that, I just put that in for anybody who's on Facebook. They can just click on that right now. Okay, awesome. keep going. Yeah. Sorry. So there's, so there's video on there. But anyway, so when I do a rental, I always want to fix everything beforehand because then I don't have to deal with it once I put tenants in and I can charge better rent. So I completely updated the whole thing. It's really cute. And because we closed in May, I've had my six months of seasoning. So now I can refinance this thing. So- nice. 
it just got appraised on Monday and I got, so I bought it for 120. I got an ARV of 184 and I put maybe 15,000 into it on this rehab. And when the refi closes, I'm going to get 35,000 back. So I have almost all my money that I put into it in the new tenant moves in on Friday and they'll be paying 1650 for rent. And I think my mortgage and expenses with the HOA after the refi are like 1100. So I still make like pretty nice little chunk every month and everybody's happy. Yeah. So that's that's my favorite I've done so far. (laughs) What book do you recommend? I have three. Is that okay? I just got done. Okay. (laughs) Because I'm going to say them anyway. I love books. I am always listening to one, but I just did a quick scroll through. The one I just finished that I think is absolutely amazing and I'm going to start over again is called A Company of One by Paul Jarvis. It just came out. It's really amazing. It's great. Even if you don't run a business, even if you're a regular old employee, just kind of like a different way to think about how you should go about work and making money and all of that. And Wealth Can't Wait is a book by David Osborne. I think it came out last year that I absolutely loved and read twice in a row. A lot of talk about investing. It's pretty real estate specific, but it has a lot of that, you know, you should start thinking about this stuff now so you don't have to be stressed out about it later. And then there's a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert that I think really helps with the getting over yourself. It's kind of girly and soft and super pink, but I probably listen to it quarterly because it's like a five-hour audible thing and it really just gets you going on what you need to do. Uh Uh-oh, I lost audio. I can't hear you. Tell me the third one again. It's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Okay. It's pink and purple. You can't miss it. And then what, where were you five years ago? Five years ago, I was just getting started in real estate. So I was probably just selling that house and that was 2013. Yeah. So I was just getting my real estate license, just kind of getting going into this whole thing. I had 55,000 in student debt. I was renting a townhouse that weird story. It rained inside. We got molds. We tried to move out. The landlord sued us. It was like all very dramatic. So yeah, just like big transition time. Where will you be five years from today? I am really excited about the whole financial independence, retire early thing. So not that I want to not work, but I just want to not have to be stressed out about money. The financial independence is really interesting to me. So my brokerage is new. We're about two years old, Brick and Bannister. And the goal for that all along has been to build it up to a position where either someone would pay me a big chunk of money for it, or I can just bring in a managing broker and I do whatever I want. So that's kind of the what I'm working toward is how do we get the best agents in town who can work really autonomously and do a great job? And then how do I kind of build up my rental portfolio on the other side of things? So no matter what's going on, I have money coming in and I can play with my kiddos or like play outside or do whatever I want. (laughs) Awesome. How do you give back? I think our events, honestly, like I actually think about that a lot, but I think teaching is my favorite way of giving back because all along I've had I'm not really afraid to just do stuff. And a lot of people just kind of reach out and say, what are you doing? How are you doing this? So I just love sharing resources. Like what books did you read? What thing did you do? So being a broker has been a really good platform for me to teach and help people. And then now we're doing these events so I can, you know, teach and help a broader range of people depending on the topic of the event. So I think that's really what, how I like to give back is just sharing knowledge. 
And what is the best way for people to find you? Social media. I'm on Facebook. Yeah, through the brokerage site on Facebook. So facebook.com slash realtoring. We're on Instagram. You can be my personal friend if you want on Facebook. I'm not on private. So just Amy Renee. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on the show, my friend. And until next time, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.